Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, your mama and me RD. I'm a registered dietitian and mama of two. I specialize in nutrition and feeding for infants and toddlers. Welcome to Nutrition for Littles, a podcast dedicated to helping you raise healthy, confident, and intuitive eaters. Nutrition is kind of my thing, and I love sharing it, but honestly, the 30 seconds Instagram gave me on my stories just wasn't cutting it anymore. Join me each week as we go deeper and tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby-led weaning, and fostering a healthy relationship with food, and so much more. I'll try to be short, but I plan on answering your actual real-life questions using your examples. I will walk you through actionable strategies to help you protect and preserve your child's innate ability to listen to their bodies and eat intuitively. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hello, hello. Welcome back, mamas. I'm so excited to be chatting with you this week. We are talking all about food waste. So food waste is actually my number one trigger for why I get frustrated or angry or um, want or have that like desire to use high pressure techniques. It's usually coming from a place of I don't want to waste food. We spend money on our food. It's precious to us. We need it. If you're not going to eat it, I want to eat it. You know, those sorts of things. Like my kids can literally pound berries and berries are expensive. And I sit there and watch them eating the berries or throwing them on the ground or maybe mixing them in with foods that are gross or touching them with their sticky hands. And I'm not going to eat them off their plate after that. And I just get a little like triggered based on food waste. And I'm wondering if you're the same way. Food waste can be a big trigger for us because we spend our precious money on food and we spent time cooking the food or preparing the food or they asked maybe specifically for that food. Then we went out of our way to make it and prepare it for them or buy it. And as soon as we gave it to them, they're just not going to eat it. It's just going to sit there on their plate and stare at us and laugh at us. (laughs) It's very frustrating. Okay, so you can tell that food waste is for sure a trigger of mine. (laughs) And um, if it is for you as well, and you find yourself wanting to use those higher pressure techniques um, that are a little bit more common, um, like saying you have to have three more bites, or you have to finish this food before you have ice cream, or you have to finish this food before you get something new, any sort of those pressure techniques where we are pressuring them into eating more than what they are comfortable with in that moment. If food waste is um, one of the reasons why you feel like doing this at the table, then this episode is going to be hopefully very helpful for you. Now, there's of course other reasons why we want to employ these high pressure techniques. But food waste for me is one of the high ticket reasons why I get into that kind of like mindset of frustration and anger and just like want to shake my kid and be like, eat the freaking mac and cheese that you asked for. You (laughs) asked for this. Okay, anyways, clearly this has happened to me once or twice in the past. 
So um, I wanted to start off by talking a little bit about our mindset before I get into like some of the tips and tricks of um, limiting food waste in your home. So a few mindset tricks that I have found to be extremely helpful for me or mindset shifts rather um, is to look at food waste in a few different ways. The first is to realize that what's left over on their plate that's going to be either wasted or not eaten or whatever that might look like um, can actually be uh, wasteful whether they leave it on the plate or if they eat it. And I know that this kind of seems confusing because a lot of times we're like, no, it's not going to waste. They're eating it. Um, It gets digested. It's used as energy, yada, yada, yada. But what ends up happening is that it's a wasted opportunity for them to learn what their body needs and how much they need to eat. But then also we're feeding them things that they don't need. So if we eat something that our body doesn't need in that moment to use as energy, it gets stored a little bit differently in their body. But also they aren't needing the food. And so it's wasteful in the way that although, yes, it's going into their body versus into the earth or the compost or wherever, it's going into their body. And yes, it will be like metabolically changed and quote unquote used in the body. But if it's not needed, it's wasteful. You're eating excessively for no real apparent need. And this all goes back to letting our kids decide how much they need in that moment and really following that division of responsibility so they can learn how much their body needs and um, at what times, right? Like when we're offering them that food, if they decide to eat in that moment or not. So I just kind of want to throw that little shift in there for you. But also, and really the one that was most powerful for me as far as mindset shifts go, when I'm looking at the food on my on my child's plate that they're just not going to touch at all, I remember that this is the cost of learning. Eating food, especially table food and moving into adult food and sitting with us during meals is a learning experience. Kids are not born knowing how to eat and behave at the table. They are born as intuitive eaters. They are born knowing the hunger and fullness cues that their bodies send. So yes, that part is true. They are born to eat. Um, They know how to nurse. They know how to take a bottle. They know how to regulate. But as far as the act of learning new table foods and being able to predict what's on the table, what that looks like, what that might feel like inside their mouth, how full that might make them, how many bites of that they might need that day, all of these kind of sort of predictable um, things that we all are able to do as adults, like I can sit down and see a food maybe that I haven't seen in a long time and predict what that food tastes like, what it's going to feel like in in my mouth, if I'm going to like it or not, if it's going to settle my tummy or make me upset. I can usually tell how much of that food I need to eat in order to feel satisfied. There's a lot of things that comes with time and learning and our kids just aren't there yet. Not to mention that they actually have a developmental response once they hit around two years of age to actually fear certain foods coming into their body because they're toddlers and they're able to just pick up whatever they want and put it into their mouth. There's actually a defense mechanism that kicks in around two years of age where they stop putting things in their mouth in order to spare their life (laughs) because literally back in the olden days, they could just pop anything in their mouth, even though it was super dangerous. So this is actually a 
developmental response. So we want them to be cautious about about what's going inside their mouth. So they are learning how to predict what the food in front of them is going to feel like inside their body and making sure that they feel safe. So this is a learning environment. And honestly, the first several years of your child's eating experiences are still heavily based in learning. So if we view the food left over on their plate as the cost of learning, it's a lot easier to come to terms with the fact that there's still food on their plate because we prioritize our children's learning, right? We want them to be educated. We want them to learn. We want them to grow. And this is why um, this is kind of like the cost benefit analysis that we constantly do. So in other areas of life, like I gave an example on my Instagram, of my son learning his letters and he would take little sheets of paper, we would draw out a letter and then he would trace it with like a highlighter um, over and over and over and over again until he's become, I wouldn't say proficient, but much better at doing his letters. Now this paper isn't a work of art. (laughs) It is some of them I will of course keep for his like memory box, but Overall, it's waste. It's probably going to go in the trash or the recycling. So if I view these sheets of paper as a big waste of my money, waste of my time, I shouldn't have even bought it, I shouldn't have bought him the supplies at all, then that's kind of silly, right? Because he's learning a life skill by using that paper in a productive way for him to learn. So this is the cost of learning. So I just want you to reframe that in your mind a little bit about the framing of what's left on the plate is actually the cost or kind of the paper, if you will, of learning. So with that in mind, I'm going to jump into a few quick tips and tricks to help with the food waste that's going on in your home. Because All this mindset work is great and really important for us, but at the end of the day, it's still super frustrating to watch food get wasted. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. First and foremost, put less on the plate. I talk about this, I feel like a lot, but I really want to drive it home with you to put less on the plate. When we are open to the low pressure um, experience at the table and low pressure techniques that I talk about heavily, what's nice about putting less on the plate is it actually gives them a little bit of empowerment to ask for more. So they're able to say more, more, please, I would like more, you know, whatever age your child is able to say more, or maybe they're even signing it. Um, But you actually give them the power to ask for more food and then you get to say yes because you're in a low pressure environment. So that's actually really cool for that reason. But also putting less on their plate means that if they don't even touch their plate, it's far less food waste than completely filling up their plate and then they push it away, which can sometimes lead to less frustration and anger when we see how much food is being wasted because it's a lot less. The other thing to kind of go along with that is actually use smaller plates and don't feel like you have to fill up every section, like especially with those divided plates, which I'm definitely going to do an episode on that one day using divided versus non-divided food plates for your little ones. But um, a lot of times parents feel this like overwhelming sense of the need to like fill up every section. So if there's like five little sectioned out pieces of your separated plates, you feel like you have to put food on every section absolutely totally not true. So don't feel like you need to fill up the plate or fill up every section. It's okay to allow empty space. And actually this can be settling to our little ones and um, too much food on the plate can actually be quite overwhelming. 
Okay, so a powerful pocket phrase that I've talked about before is, do you want to save this for later? Should we save this for later? Either one. So those are really great because it gives your toddler the permission to say no or yes, or um, they get to feel safe in the food security that that food is going to be available later, which means they don't have to stuff their bellies full of it because they'll be able to eat it again later. So they can stop when they're full and know that that food will be available. So that's really powerful and helps with food waste too, because then when you do present the food again, the next time as a leftover, they're more excited to see it because they were in control of it being a leftover. It's not a surprise. They were part of the decision to save it for later. That being said, leftovers are like the best way to offer multiple exposures and variety for basically like two exposures for the price of one. Like you are already doing the cooking once. It's kind of a blessing and an amazing thing to be able to use that as a leftover later and expose them to the same food. So kind of reframing our mindset about about leftovers and offering them again, not only in the exact same way, like of course we can do that, but reserving them in a really creative and unique way to get them the same food offered in a different presentation. So for example, you might make up some taco meat that you offer tacos. We don't finish it all as a family. You save the taco meat and you reserve it in the form of a quesadilla or a burrito bowl, or maybe you do stuffed peppers with it. So many different ways to use up that taco meat Um, or like even pizza, you guys. Pizza can be so fun to like switch into a pizza sandwich or cut it up into little tiny squares for them or, you know, make sure to grill it so it gets nice and crispy and unique, you know, maybe add different toppings to the pizza. There's so many ways that you can get creative with leftovers and still make them super fun. So a leftover maybe of broccoli, maybe you steamed broccoli one night, you can pop that back into the oven and roast it next time. So even just for like a few quick minutes of roasting, it totally changes the texture and the flavor of that broccoli. Maybe you add cheese to it or a dip. Maybe you serve it cold or you put it in the air fryer or mix it into a soup. There's so many different ways to reuse those leftovers and make them be a different and unique exposure to your kid, which can actually be a huge advantage. So get creative with your leftovers. Don't just throw away everything you have. And remember the small portion sizes that are expected of our kids. So it's typically around one tablespoon per item per year of age. So if you're serving eggs, that's one tablespoon for a one-year-old, two tablespoons for a two-year-old. So make sure to save whatever food you can because representing it, you only need one to three tablespoons or whatnot to reserve. So just a quick reminder there. Another quick thought for you and tip is to change up how you're plating it. So I'm a big fan of pre-plating the food at least the first time through so that your toddler has a little bit of everything on their plate, including always a safe food. But what you can do as well is offer family style and let them serve themselves. This way they can kind of have a choice ahead of time if it's going on their plate or how much is going on their plate. Now you might have to monitor this a little bit more and 
honestly, I typically recommend it for older children, like two and a half to three minimum, because a lot of times, especially with my toddler, he would way over serve himself. And then that's just more food waste. So use your discretion here, but that can be a great way to cut down on food waste as well. Okay, so some tips with the food that is actually going to waste at the end of the day. First and foremost, I think starting a compost, like what an easy way to take your food waste, like the actual food products, and be able to make something beautiful out of it and use it in a garden. Now, I do not have a compost, but it has been on my to-do list for exactly one and a half years. It was one of my New Year's resolutions last year. So we haven't quite gotten there yet. And I promise you, if I do it, I will let you know how it goes. But I have heard amazing things about compost and it's such a stress relieving way to use that food waste in a positive way in your home. The next one, and this is something that we use, is feeding your dog. So not only just like directly, you know, from the plate to the ground or to their bowl, but also I heard someone explain it to me um, on one of my posts that I did on Instagram where she actually takes like all the leftovers for an entire week, grinds it up dehydrates it, I think, or bakes it and or something along those lines and makes dog food out of it. So I thought that was a really clever and great idea. Now, of course, you have to be mindful of certain foods that dogs can't have. I'm not going to get into that here, but you can definitely look that up and talk with your veterinarian about that. Um, And this goes for, for any animal you have at home. But just a quick idea to use that food in a positive way in your home. All right, you guys, I hope you liked this episode. I hope that it helped you. If it did, make sure to send it to a friend. And if you have been liking this podcast, I would love it. And it would mean so much to me if you left me a written review. It helps so much my show and let other mamas find it. So if you found it helpful at all, that is an amazing free way that you can just say thank you and make sure that other moms find it too. Anyways, I will see you mamas next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring some peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your hashtag mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review. You can find more from me on my Instagram at mama and me rd. That's mama.and.me underscore rd. And please feel free to send me any questions or comments you may have. Email me at alyssa at mama and me rd.com. Until next week, mamas.